Hey guys, welcome to Babblefish, episode number 56. I'm your host, Fred, and today I have another strain review slash cannabis news for you. But before we get into that, let's do some housekeeping. If you want to get a hold of the show, you can find us at babblefishpodcast at gmail.com. If you're on Facebook, you can find our group page there, Babblefish Podcast, of course. And as usual, our home base is SoundCloud, but the easiest way to get the show is through iTunes or Google Play. But we are on everything else in between, rest assured. So I guess I just want to acknowledge a few things real quick before we get into the show. As you know, this podcast is based in Las Vegas. And last week we had we had the worst mass shooting in American history ever. And I just didn't really want to just get back on the air and just be like, hey, guys, what's going on? I got some weed to smoke and check out this nerdy, cool movie. And hey, yeah, what's going on? So I, you know, I just I just didn't want to jump back in and act like nothing ever happened. So I really just I just wanted to give a little bit of silence, just a little bit of rest, you know, reflection you know, and just, I was just wrapped up in all the news and all the coverage and everything. And, uh, you know, I, like I said, I just, I just took a week off and I just didn't want to jump back into it and act like nothing happened. That being said, it's been a week now, a little over a week, and I feel like it's time to get back behind the mic. It's, it's time to just move on. And, uh, you know, this is something that will live on with people forever. It's going to be one of those things that you'll remember where you are or where you were when you first heard the news. And being based here in Las Vegas, you're not really that far removed from someone affected by this tragedy. And it's just, it's sad to say the least. So, you know, that being said, I got an email from the Vagina Girls, the very awesome girls, into Nerdy Activities. And in response to this horrible event, the people have come together. The nerds of Las Vegas, our community has banded together, and there's something going on October 14th. And I want to just get the details here. October 14th, uh, there's going to be an event happening at Triple B's. It's going to be on a Saturday. And there's a silent auction aspect to this event. And that's what the Vagina Girls are specifically in charge of. Uh, Like I said, Saturday, October 14th, 601 Fremont, Triple B's, come on down and show your love. It's inside is over 21, but the outside is free for all ages. There's going to be art and music and all kinds of food. They are accepting donations if you don't want to get involved in a silent auction, but you do want to show your support. So please, guys, if you're in Vegas, October 14th, go on down there and show some love. And again, the Vagina Girls, the very awesome girls into nerdy activities, are in charge of the silent auction aspect. Okay, guys, let's move on from there. Today I have, like I said at the top of the show, I have a strain review slash cannabis news. So let's just get right into it, right? Benito, put that bowl down and hit the button for us, baby. We trying to do this. Hey guys, I'm back. 
back at it again with the cannabis news strain review. It's been a while and I just, I'm so glad to be here with you guys. So let's get right onto it. This week's special treat. Mm-mm-mm-mm. This one is my absolute favorite. I fucking love this. Gorilla Glue. Let me tell you, the first time I had Gorilla Glue, man, it got me right by the boo-boo and it didn't fucking let go, man. This one comes straight out of heaven, straight out of God's hands. He just snapped his finger and out came a seed and he just flicked it like a rolled up booger on earth and it just took root. And here we are just mere mortals enjoying the fruits of his labor. So thank you very much. As you could tell, I absolutely love Gorilla Glue. It's one of my favorites. It is an indica dominant strain, and I have been moving away from indigas, but I really couldn't, I just couldn't pass this up. It is just one of my favorites. It goes right up there with strawberry cough and strawberry lemonade, just another two of my faves. So this one definitely rounds it out to the trifecta of bud, if you will, right? So let's get right onto it, man. I just, I just love this stuff, man. So it's got like, it's got like this real kind of piney kind of uh, earthy taste to it. But when I say earthy, I don't mean like this green chlorophyll or, you know, like dirt or something like that. It, it almost has like a sweetness to it. But that pine kind of just comes right through. Definitely on the inhale and on the exhale. And sometimes, I don't know, it's really weird. But uh, with really good pot, I get like this soapy kind of aftertaste. And I don't know, maybe it's just me and my taste buds. I mean, I don't think there's like soap or weird chemicals in my pot. I mean, it all comes tested and everything, right? <coughs> Excuse me. It all comes tested. So I'm not saying that. But no, like when I get really good pot, like high quality, you know, like 120 a fucking quarter or some stupid shit like that, right? You know, I I tend to get like this soapy kind of aftertaste and I'm getting that with this, which just kind of tells me that it's just good, bud. I don't know. Maybe it's just the way like the trichomes or whatever. It's just fucking just bounces off my taste buds and I just taste something weird. I don't know, but I, I love this right here. Gorilla glue. So yeah, it's got that, uh, piney, piney kind of taste to it, uh, on the inhale and the exhale, the buds themselves. Now this is what I like about this stuff. I don't know. It's just particular, maybe this particular grower harvested it just in time or just the right way, grew it just in the right way. But these buds are like in the Goldilocks zone of buds, right? They are thick and dense, right? There's not a lot of give to them when you squeeze them, right? But they are not heavy, heavy. They're not like overweight buds, you know? So when you get an ounce, I mean, this fucking jar is just, you know, bursting off at the seams. You open the lid and it's just like, boom. It's just like all this bud just comes kind of <laughs> <just> popping out. <laughs> you know, I mean, maybe I'm embellishing a little bit, right? But it, it really is a testament to the, the just the way the buds are. They're just in that Goldilocks zone where it's nice and dense, you know, it, but it's not overweight. So you're not getting like an ounce that looks like maybe an ounce and three quarters or some shit. You know, you're getting like an ounce that looks like almost like an ounce and an eighth on top of it. Just from the, uh, just from, from all the buds, you know, just from that weight being so light. So yeah, kudos to the grower, whoever grew that out here. So kudos to you. Cause all the bud that comes in Nevada is locally grown here in Nevada, which I am pretty sure it's for all states so yeah that being said and now that my personal review is done let's get on to the official leafly review okay 
Hitting the market in the summer of 2016, Gorilla Glue by GG Strains is the potent and flavorful, flavorful sister strain of Gorilla Glue number no. four, who took the fast lane to fame in recent years after snagging several Cannabis Cup awards. The indica-dominant phenotype has a more piney aroma than her sister, though they were bred from the same parent genetics, Chemsister, Sour Dub, and Chocolate Diesel. Patients typically looked at Gorilla Glue number no. one's heavy-handed effects to treat pain and sleepiness. I have been sleeping a lot better on this, I can tell you that, but it is indica, so that's kind of to be expected. This stuff will kind of just give you a nice heavy head high. So, and it may kind of give you that couch lock, especially if you're not really careful. If you're just overdoing it, then yeah, you're going to be on that couch for a while, you know, just fucking Netflix and zoned out, basically. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely some really good bud, though, man. The Gorilla Glue is nothing to sleep on, my friends. All right, now that that's done, let's get right on to some cannabis news, man, because there's some really interesting stuff going on. So this first story is in Washington, D.C., uh, let's see. The 85 words that almost seemed an afterthought when Congress hurriedly crammed them into a massive budget bill late in the Obama administration, as if lawmakers wanted to acknowledge America's outlook on marijuana had changed, but not make a big deal of it. Almost three years later, a multi-billion dollar industry and the freedom of millions to openly partake in its products without fear of federal prosecution hinge on that obscure budget clause. But now, Congress may throw it overboard amid pressure from an attorney general who views marijuana as a dangerous menace. Dum, dum, dum. What has become known as the Robacher Far Amendment constitutes a single paragraph of federal law. It prohibits the Justice Department from spending even a cent to prosecute medical marijuana users and sellers operating legally under the state laws. Since its passage, it has largely shut down efforts by federal prosecutors or drug enforcement officials to interfere with otherwise legal sales of marijuana. And 29 states and the District of Columbia have passed legalization measures. The prospect of that ban on prosecutions could expire has spread anxiety across the marijuana industry. In California, the freedom of an attorney facing jail time for advising a marijuana operation hangs in the balance. In Washington, a pro-marijuana GOP congressman ponders whether to use the White House access he has gained to enlist President Trump's help preserving the pot amendment. Pot sellers and patients wonder if federal raids are next. This next quote is from Sarah Trumbull. She's the deputy director of social policy and politics at Third Way, a centrist think tank that advocates, advocates easing federal restrictions on cannabis. She says, it is shocking to think that this is at risk. This would give the attorney general a blank check to go after medical marijuana. Without it, he might try, but it really would be hard for him. The first big sign of trouble for pro-marijuana advocates came in September when the House balked at preserving the amendment for GOP leaders, refused to allow a vote on it in a committee chaired by Representative Pete Sessions of Texas, who is no relation to Attorney General Jeff Sessions, Sessions, but is as fiercely anti-marijuana. The Senate has already reaffirmed its support for the provision in an effort to its former colleague, the Sessions, who run the Justice Department, but both houses must agree for the measure to remain in effect. 
the hedging in the House, followed by an aggressive lobbying campaign by the Attorney General, who complained in writing to lawmakers that the Warbarker Farr Amendment was hampering law enforcement and endangering the public. The department must be in a position to use all laws available to combat and transitional drug organizations and dangerous drug traffickers who threaten American lives, Sessions wrote. The uncertain fate of the pot provision has created tension among Republicans, dozens of whom have cast votes to prevent the federal government from a crackdown on medical marijuana. Many would like to do so again. The most vocal is Representative Dana Rohrbacher of Costa Mesa, the amendment's namesake, who, along with former Representative Sam Farr, a Democrat from the Central Coast, got the ban in the federal statute in 2014 after trying for a decade. That victory wasn't long ago, but came during a very different time. The Obama administration had just pledged to let states go to their own way on medical and recreational pot. The measure reflected a Congress subtly backing off its war on marijuana and nudging the Justice Department to do likewise. After it passed, Rohrbacher began calling judges to insist they dismiss cases relating to medical marijuana and federal prosecutors prosecuting those cases. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals in San Francisco last year put the Department of Justice on notice that as long as the prosecution ban is in place, marijuana charges filed against defendants operating legally under state law won't fly, at least in California and the eight other western states under the appeals court's jurisdiction, all but one of which have legalized marijuana in whole or in part. Sessions warned in this letter to Congress that the ruling threatened to immunize drug runners and gangs. (laughs) This guy. All right, guy. I mean, listen, this is a pretty important ruling right here. We need to stay on top of this because without this specific measure, which is just essentially 85 words in a bill that was crammed into a bill during the Obama administration, if that thing goes, all the federal government can then start cracking down on all of our businesses or medical marijuana businesses and everything. And that's just something that we can't have. I mean, number one, I don't really know how far that would take it, right? Or if they would take it. These states are making hand of God money, billions on top of billions of dollars. I doubt that they're just going to be like, oh, okay, Jeff Sessions and his views from the 1950s called and, uh, you know, they want their fuck, they want us to give that money back or no more billion, no more, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars a year. Yeah, I, I mean, good luck with that. I, I, the cat's already out of the bag. I, I really don't see, I just don't see it, man. I just don't see Jeff Sessions going. I mean, that's how he talks personally. And I think he likes to, you know, swing his big dick around and be like, you know, I'm the attorney general and, you know, do as I say. But I don't know. I don't think that he's really going to put, I don't, I don't know. I just don't see him chasing down these states and just shutting everything down like that. I mean, these states are paying taxes on federal taxes on this shit too, right? So not only are the states making hundreds of millions of dollars a year, but the government is potentially making, you know, that much money also on the taxes and all that shit, right? I don't know. That's just my opinion. But then again, we need to have something a little bit more solid than just 85 words in a crammed in a bill that really has nothing to do with it. It needs to have its own bill, its own legalese, you know, 
writing and language and all that shit that's way above my pay grade because slick motherfuckers like to come in and get, you know, take advantage of loopholes and all kinds of shit. So we just needed some clear and concise language in its own bill, you know, just to protect all of these states because, you know, the train has left the station, you know, eight states now, you know, next year, 16, the year after that, 32. And then before you know, we're going to hit like a critical mass, you know, like this Rubicon and we're just not going to be able to come back from it. So, you know, it is what it is now, guys. So, hey, let's move on. This news right here is something that I've expected for a while or suspected for a while. And uh, I think that the drug companies have been actively lobbying Congress to keep marijuana suppressed for this very reason. Here we go. Marijuana patients report reduction in use of of drugs and prescription drugs. This comes right out of Illinois. Some medical marijuana patients in Illinois say the drug has allowed them to reduce or eliminate their use of other prescription medications. The study by DePaul and Rush Universities was small, with 30 participants, and involved only those who volunteered to respond to the topic. So researchers researchers concede that the results might be biased in favor of marijuana, (laughs) but it's believed to be the first peer-reviewed published research of medical marijuana patients in Illinois, and it provides direct anecdotal evidence of what has been suggested by previous studies that marijuana may contribute to the reduced use of opioid drugs and other, you know, harmful prescription drugs. One of the most compelling things that come out of this is that people are taking control of their own health. And most providers would agree that's a good thing. But the lack of provider knowledge around what cannabis does and doesn't do, the difference in products and ingestion methods and dosing is all kind of the Wild West. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has declared opioid abuse an epidemic. Overdoses from prescription opioids like methadone, oxycodone, hydrocodone killed more than 15,000 people in 2015, and President Donald Trump called it a national emergency. And the study results come as the Medical Cannabis Alliance of Illinois, a trade group of growers and sellers, is starting a push for legislation allowing marijuana for any condition for which a doctor would give opioid drugs. But Kevin Sabat, a former White House advisor on drug policy who now runs Smart Approaches to Marijuana, which opposes the legalization of medical marijuana, and the study reeks of problems. He is quoted with saying, one of the worst I've seen in a while via email. It is an uncontrolled observation of 30 people who are mixing pot with other drugs. Probably not that far off, but I'm also willing to go out on the limb with just saying that cannabis and the many, many uses of cannabis can most definitely contribute to the lowering to just the decreased usage in prescription opioids and the overall, in general, abuse of opioids. You know, that to me just seems like common fucking sense over here, right? Illinois is one of 29 states that have legalized medical marijuana despite a federal prohibition on the drug. About 25,000 people have been certified as having at least one of about 40 serious medical medical conditions that qualify them to receive medical cannabis in Illinois. 
Patients bought about $8 million worth of marijuana in August alone. Holy shit. The most common conditions for which cannabis was certified for were fibromyalgia and cancer. But those were followed up by post-traumatic stress disorder, which was just added to the list of qualifying conditions last year. In the DePaul Rush study, the average age of participants was 45 and typically used marijuana to treat pain, seizures, or inflammation. The patients who were anonymous reported concerns about side effects, addiction, and tolerance with prescription drugs, and said they believed marijuana managed certain symptoms better and was faster acting and longer lasting. The researchers concluded that more patient study is needed to determine what doses relieve symptoms and to assess patients' medical conditions. One medical cannabis patient who did not participate in the study but said she used marijuana to get off prescription drugs was Shea Evans, 26, of Chicago, who works for Modern Cannabis Dispensary in Chicago. Evans said she was diagnosed with lupus and fibromyalgia in 2011. Her prescribed as a her prescription was a fleet of 18 drugs, including opioids and sleeping pills, and within a year developed a dangerous dependency on painkillers such as Percocet. She's quoted with saying, medical cannabis is the reason I'm opiate free now. It really gave my life back and makes my pain manageable without inebriating me or forming another dependency. And that's pretty much the... Uh, opinion across the board when you talk to these people who have basically kicked these dangerous opioid addictions with medical marijuana. These are the same stories that we hear time and time again. And it's really just going to take science to catch up with just common sense that pretty much all of us regular potheads knew about. So yeah, come on, science, hurry up and catch up. And while you're at it, make me a lightsaber, will you? Let's move on to our friendly neighbors up north, Canada. Trudeau vowed to legalize marijuana across Canada. Canada is set to become the first industrialized nation to legalize and regulate marijuana from production to consumption by next July. But increasingly, Canadians are wondering, what's the hurry, eh? The government of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is pressing ahead with legalization to legalize cannabis, a move that a majority of the Canadian public supports. But stakeholders such, such as police chiefs and psychiatrists are urging caution and even delay, worried that such a rush to legalization will encourage consumption among young people and increase the incidence of impaired driving. Under the proposed legislation, the Canadian government would license the growing of cannabis by tightly regulated producers and set standards for potency and penalties for abuse. The provinces would decide on methods for distribution. But police chiefs from across all Canada are expressing concern that there isn't time to train enough police officers to detect impaired driving among cannabis users, and that if police are not ready for legalization, organized crime will take advantage of the situation to secure its hold on the market. Doctors are also worried by the legislation, which will set the minimum age for consumption at 18, although Canada's 10 provinces will be permitted to raise the minimum age if they wish. Quebec's Association of Psychiatrists has called the proposed law unacceptable, 
arguing that cannabis use in young people can lead to attention deficit and memory problems, as well as an increased risk of psychiatric disorders such as schizophrenia, which is kind of bullshit. The group wants to set the minimum age at 21 or higher, ban all advertising of cannabis, and prohibit the growing of cannabis at home. Boo. Opinion surveys continue to show that Canadians support legalization in principle, but in a recent survey conducted by Nano's Research, 57% expressed a lack of confidence that the federal and local governments will be ready with a legal framework for cannabis sales by next July, and 48% are worried that legalization would lead to increased consumption by use. Trudeau shows no signs of wavering in his push for legalization, which he promised in his successful election campaign two years ago. In the United States, 29 states and the District of Columbia have legalized marijuana in some form, with eight jurisdictions allowing recreational use of pot, but cannabis remains illegal at the federal level, leading to a patchwork of regulations and enforcement. The Canadian process is designed to result in full legalization across the country. Trudeau's government hopes that legalization will reduce access to marijuana by underage users. Bill Blair, a former Toronto police chief who is now a member of parliament and Trudeau's point person on cannabis legalization, said he understands public skepticism over whether the legalization will achieve this goal. But he says Canada already has the highest rates of pot usage among young people in the industrialized world. So it sounds like Canada's definitely got some things to figure out on their end, right? Uh, I mean, at least that, at least they're trying. And I have no doubt that they will figure it out. There are a bunch of nice people up there, right? Let's move on to some other stories. This is some sad news coming out of California relating to the wildfires that are out there. Several marijuana farms in Mendocino County, California, have been destroyed as a result of the state's rapid spreading wildfires, leaving many business owners who the law borrows from obtaining insurance without product as legal sales are set to begin in January. Federal law does not allow cannabis cultivators to obtain insurance or even use multi-state banks, which means business owners stand to lose out on millions they have invested. Farmers usually invest upward of $5 million on their facilities, as much as $3 million on growing the crop itself. If these facilities burn down, a lot of these people won't be able to get any economic relief from any insurance claims whatsoever. As of now, there is no clear estimate telling us how many of the 10,000 to 15,000 marijuana farms in the state have burned down so far. Moreover, it's a situation that weed farmers had found themselves in before as wildfires in California have increased insistently in recent years. The damages are especially severe this year because many growers have spent their life savings getting local permits and preparing crops for state licensure and sales scheduled to begin in January 2nd. Well, that is just some really heartbreaking news right there. I mean, on top of, you know, just all these people dying and everything, it's just, you know, they're just losing one of their major cash crops on top of that. You know, it really is just another way. It's just another major income revenue for the state. 
and I'm sure they can just use all the money they they can they can use right now. That is just very sad. Well, let's move on to the final story of the night. This is in Kentucky, and the Kentucky governor says he will not allow cannabis legalization while he's in office ever. In a Wednesday interview, Kentucky Governor Matt Bevin told WHAS radio host Terry Miners that he would veto any adult use legalization measure as long as he's in office and that legalization as a way to fund the state's pension is a sucker's bet. Bevin pointed to Colorado's legalization experience, which he said, while the state has received a hundred and something million dollars in tax revenue, legalization is not worth the cost. THC content in marijuana is not like it was even a generation ago. There are people overdosing based on ingestion of products and edibles and things, Bevin said in the interview. You have that state being sued by at least two of their border states. You have law enforcement people in emergency rooms being overrun by problems. You have homelessness. It's spiking in that state. It has not been good for that state, he said. The case brought against Colorado by Nebraska and Oklahoma over the voter-approved legalization regime was dismissed by the Supreme Court more than a year ago. There are also zero deaths in recorded history that have been attributed to a cannabis overdose. The Republican governor, who was born in Denver, said that he planned on calling a special session soon for legislators to consider legislation to fix the state's pension problem, but legalizing cannabis would not be on the table as long as he is governor. Last month, Franklin Circuit Court Judge Thomas Wingate dismissed a lawsuit challenging the state's ban on medical cannabis on the grounds that no constitutional right exists to violate a controlled substance law, according to a USA Today report. Dan Swim Jr., the son of state senator Dan Swim, who proposed legalizing cannabis to help fund the state's pension problem, was a plaintiff in that suit. Seum planned on introducing the measure in January. However, After the governor's comments, it is unlikely to gain much legislative support. That is just too bad, Kentucky. So they'll just, you know, rather have the black market thrive. You know, you're going to tell me that people aren't smoking pot in in Kentucky? But whatever, you know, where are they going to find the money for their pension? Squeeze people even more? Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he may find himself out of a job within the next term or two. You know, more and more people want medical cannabis they want the benefits they want to get off these opioid prescriptions like we talked about in the last story so you know i would love to see these statistics on opioid abuse in in kentucky i would love to see those so anyways i'm sure they're online and i'm sure you know that is something easily that can easily be found and it'd be worth noting that you know if that state does have a unusually high opioid abuse that you know introducing legalization or you know medical cannabis as a way to fight that also to relieve those people it that would just be an interesting thing to see all right guys that's gonna do it for tonight couple stories just you know really quick i just wanted to get back behind the mic i felt a little rusty it's been a while you know just taking a little moment of silence so you know it's just good to get back behind the mic it's good to just you know kind of just keep on keeping on you know life goes on and so shall we so 
thank you guys for listening you know as usual i always just appreciate the fuck out of you guys you know i love getting behind this mic i love interviewing different people related to las vegas you know i love doing my cannabis news and strain reviews and all that and you know i just love getting behind a mic with the wife and just talking shit sometimes you know and just talking about things that we love and you know tv shows that we watch and all that which you know is coming soon uh the wife and i are trying to figure out what's our next move for the show that we do together we were doing america's got talent but now that that's over with we're looking for something that we could sink our teeth into together so when we figure out what we're gonna do you guys will be the first to know there are a lot of good tv shows out right now i've been just you know gobbling them all up mr robot premiered last night so i'm gonna um soon as i'm done with this i'm gonna go watch that uh man it's just you know it's just some really good stuff out there i watched the new it you know i'm getting ready to go watch the new blade runner and i'm just trying to gear up for my next uh nerds at a roundtable podcast with the with the fellas so that'll be coming soon too so you know now that we're getting back into full swing you know i'll definitely be pumping out some shows and uh bringing you some cool and interesting guests so guys thank you very much i you know as always i appreciate the fucking shit out of you i love the fucking shit out of you so long and thanks for all the fish we